the Sport Industry Access Podcast, Episode 28, Why is Muscle Recovery Important in Professional Road Cycling? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to interview a special guest who will inspire and encourage you to be the best you can be in your profession. Especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in the sports industry. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show. This week's special guest is Lex Albrecht. Lex is a professional road cyclist and a member of the Canadian national cycling team. She is also the current champion of Quebec and a multi-time podium finisher at the Canadian national championships. For that reason it's such a privilege to have Lex on the show. That's why in today's episode Lex will share her career journey and explain to you why muscle recovery is so important to her with regards to her sport especially competing at those big cycling events. Lex, it's a privilege to have you on the show. Please, can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? Uh, I think that I was always an active person. When I was a little kid, I just loved being outside and, and playing around, and I especially loved riding my bike, and I didn't really realize that it was something that I could um, continue with and, and aspire to become a professional athlete with. But eventually all the stars aligned, I guess, and I had the opportunity to sign my first professional contract and, uh, and I took the, the jump. But when I was a kid, I grew up kind of in, um, out in the country, but most of my friends lived in the city. So I used my bike as a tool of transportation with kind of my my access to independence and freedom and I think that's what made me fall in love with cycling and then I discovered a lot of other things on my bike like how to do group rides and how to push my limits and uh, both physically and psychologically I guess and it was when I decided that I needed to um, start doing something that I wasn't necessarily good at that kind of scared me and that um, would force me to accept the fact that I would fail that I decided to try my first bike race because I figured that I'd be a pretty lousy bike racer. So I figured that that would give me the opportunity to to learn those kinds of things and, and have those kinds of experiences and, and learn how to deal with not being as good as I as I was hoping I I would be. And um and yeah, that's that's why I began racing, and then I just I actually fell in love with it, and I realized that, hmm, you know, maybe I do kind of enjoy dealing with this kind of adversity and these challenges, and and figuring out ways to to become better, and and just appreciating the opportunities that I have to not be as good as I want to be, and and that was kind of the the root of of my cycling career I guess or, or that's how, that's my background that's why I got started out of interest when was the moment when you decided right this is what I'd like to do it's like a full-time commitment 
you know, like I was cycling quite a bit during my studies in university, just as a way to keep some some balance and to keep fit. And um, most of my social life revolved around that as well. And then uh, I worked for two and a half years in a, in a laboratory, and that's when I had my first contract offer from a professional team. And it was a bit of a big jump for me to take the step to leave my um, career ambitions aside for a little while at least and to go into the riskier world. And I say riskier because of uh, the financial side of things uh, of cycling. And I decided that, you know, if I change my mind later down the road when I'm like 45 years old, it's not like I can go back and, and say, okay, you know, now I want to, take the jump and, and do this full time, follow my, my, my passion and my dreams, I guess my new dreams. Cause I hadn't dreamed of becoming a professional athlete all through my life or anything like that. Um, and, and I find, so I, I did that in my early twenties. Out of interest with regards to that transformation, did you have to set sort of new performance goals with regards to your, the sport, but also your life as well? Mm. I didn't necessarily set any new performance goals because I think that I was always a bit of a high achiever um, as a cyclist, whether it was just being uh, strong on, on weekend group rides or getting good results in local and provincial races or being the best member of the team that I could be, um, regardless of which team I was racing for or with. Um, so I don't think that I had to readjust any of my goals. Um, but I definitely had to readjust my lifestyle because now everything was revolving around training and being as fit as I could be and being the the smartest athlete that I could be as well. So I had to, I had to learn a little bit about, I guess, the lifestyle that an athlete has to lead. And, um, other than that, I don't think that the goals though were something that I had to adapt to. So, and when I say that I had to, learn and adapt to the, the lifestyle it's it's kind of funny to say but I had to figure out how to hold back a little bit because I was like okay I'm jumping into this full-on uh this is my new responsibility this is my new job um I need to be the best athlete that I can be not only for myself but also for the, the teams that I've made commitments to and my teammates as well um so instinctively I just wanted to go 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 all the time and train super super hard you know um but it doesn't work like that and the the body needs to have time to recover and the mind as well actually so that was something that I had to learn that part of the the lifestyle of being a professional athlete is definitely balanced just touching back on the training side of things, do you have any support with regards to your performance, such as having a physiotherapist or even relating to the mind side of the sport, having a psychologist on board? I've, I have uh, worked with a physiotherapist a few times uh, after injury and also in the off-season. Usually I'll, I'll start the off-season putting together a strengthening program just to work on areas that kind of get a little bit neglected as a cyclist because it's um, it's a sport where you're kind of moving in one plane of motion all the time. And um, it's, it's important to have some balance to reinforce some of the muscles that we don't use quite as much, but that are still crucial. Um, so a physiotherapist has helped me with that and, and continues to help me with that. And I do believe that um, 
sports psychologists are super important for athletes. And I have uh, spoken to sports psychologists before too. And it's, it's really cool to use that kind of a resource because it opens up a lot of, it's like it opens up a lot of doors and it's nice to have a different point of view from time to time, especially from somebody that understands uh, how an athlete's mind works and, and how our goals work and, and how the, the world of sport works, I guess. Out of interest, do you apply any uh, mindful practice with regards to a preparation before an event, such as, let's say, visualization? I have used visualization before, and I do think that it's a pretty powerful tool. Uh, and it's definitely something that I am interested in continuing to explore. Um, I think that it's hard for me to comment on any other sports, but I know that in cycling, there's so much of an impact that the psychological um, side of things has on our performance. And I really believe that visualization is something that can help us quite a bit. And, and I can say that just because of the experiences that I've had thus far, but it's definitely something that I know um, will be a value to me as I continue to, to work on that side of things. Because it's, it's something that you kind of have to, yeah, born with the ability to visualize. Well, I didn't, I'm not. So it's something that I, that I need to work on for sure. I couldn't agree more. Even I'm applying it to visualization, even in the work I'm doing in regards to understanding it in a lot more detail. Just relating to the listeners listening in, would you mind explaining what core skills you need to be an elite athlete? Um, I think that the, the attitude is one of the most important things that you have to have to be an elite athlete. Um, it's really important to uh, take full responsibility for pretty much everything, even things that intuitively might not seem like they're your problem or they're your fault um, without going overboard too, because there are so many, there are only so many things that you can control, but not, not blaming things that don't go wrong or don't go right. I mean, on, on outside factors, because it's, it's not very productive. And I mean, it sounds silly to say, but it's something that's important because in the world of sport and to be an elite athlete, you have to deal with so many things that, that go wrong, you know, whether it's uh, travel complications, whether it's your body that's not performing well, and um, that could be because you're sick, because you're overtrained, because you're undertrained, because, because you get injured. It could be because of like how another athlete in the Peloton, another cyclist in the Peloton acts or, or uh, a teammate's form or how, uh, team management is going on, but I can just go on forever and ever. Like so many different things can can go wrong, but you have to learn how to not let that bother you too much and just go with the flow, I guess, and and not play a blame game. You know, just accept accept the accept the current reality for for what it is and and just keep rolling with it. And I think that that's an important lesson and it's an important um, thing that will come in handy like later on down the road in other aspects of life you know when when an athlete's career is finished so 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 there's an example of why I think attitude is um something that's important for elite athletes to to have a positive attitude um discipline is something else that's important whether it's sticking to uh, a training plan or a nutritional plan or yeah routine I guess because routine is, is something that, that also helps as well, having good structure and, and as many of the aspects that you can 
in your life because there are so many that are uncontrollable, I guess, as an athlete. So that's a, that's another thing that would be important for an elite athlete. I think you just highlighted a few key areas which highlight to life as well. Just relating back to today's main topic, why is muscle recovery so important in road cycling? Yeah, muscle recovery is huge in, in road cycling. Recovery is is actually one of the biggest challenges that we have, especially in stage racing. Stage racing is very common in cycling. It's when we just race day in and, and day out. Uh, for for the women, stage races last up to about 10 or 11 days. And we can go over some pretty grueling uh, race courses and the temperatures can be rough and stuff. And, and just uh, the stress that your body is put under um, is is pretty is pretty intense sometimes, so it's very important to recover as best as possible for the next race the next day, or if we're talking about uh, during a training period as well, to be able to recover after your training so that you're best prepared and and equipped to give your your a full effort with a healthy and recovered body for the next training day is, is extremely important as well. So yeah, muscle recovery is something that's very important in cycling. Would you mind explaining to the listeners what you go through after a race with regards to the recovery process? So for me, right after a race or right after an intense training session, it's important uh, that I take care of my nutritional needs. And that might not seem like it's important for muscle recovery, but in fact it is. Because our bodies store glycogen, uh, which is our, our fuel source for our muscles, in two main areas, and one of those is the liver, and then the other one is uh, right in the muscles themselves. And right after training um, or a race, that's when your body is apparently the most um, sensitive to insulin, and insulin is the hormone that our body produces to kind of suck out the sugar in our bloodstream and excuse me, put it into the cells in our muscles or into our liver to store that energy uh, in the form of glycogen, which we'll need to use during our next effort, the next day. So that's, that's one thing that's, that's really important to do is, is to get the recovery uh, food in right after, after our race or training session when our body can do it most efficiently because it, that's when it's most sensitive to the insulin. <laughs> Excuse me. And then another thing... Another thing that's very important right after a race or training session, um, or maybe not right after, but some that later that day is, is massage. So uh, all the professional cycling teams have people that work with them called swingers that, that prepare bottles and prepare food. And I, I could go on actually for so long. They do so many different tasks and jobs, but they also give massage to riders, which helps quite a bit for recovery. And then when I'm not racing, when I'm not with my team, I do a lot of foam rolling and I use a product called the travel roller. And it's just a small roller that I can roll on. And it's kind of like a, a self-massage and doing it also helps me stretch out a little bit. And um, there, are, there are other techniques as well that you can use um, that are kind of forms of massage. Like you can use uh, pneumatic compression pants as well um, that that blow up in these like, they blow up these space pants looking like things in, in success in, sorry, in succession. So it kind of massages your legs as, as the air pressure increases and, and decreases. So there are like, there are quite a few different techniques that we can use, but um, <clears throat> nutrition and massage and foam rolling, those are definitely ones that are important to me. 
That sounds really interesting. Just out of interest, how important is sleep as well? Oh my gosh. <laughs> sleep is so, so important. <clears throat> and and I can definitely think of different periods, even just this season, where I was feeling so well and training was going so well and race performance was excellent as well. Um, and those are all periods when my sleep was, was very, very good. And like on the opposite end of the spectrum too, when sleep is bad, a lot of different things kind of tumbled down as well. So uh, one of the tricks that I use to help me um, make sure that I can get the best quality sleep as possible is I travel. I always travel with earplugs and an eye mask. Oftentimes when we're racing, we need to share a bed or not bed, but the bedrooms um, with teammates and stuff. And some people just have different sleep schedules. Sometimes there's light coming in the windows when you need to be sleeping and stuff. So, and, and sometimes we're driving, uh, to and from races and the transfers are long. So it's, it's handy to be able to, to sleep as much as possible and almost wherever we can too. And having a good set of earplugs and, and an eye mask that helps quite a bit. Wow, that sounds really interesting. Relating to your routine of training, do you have like a, a sleep pattern you try and stick to, like week in, week out, so you've prepared the most before an event? I do try to stick to a pretty regular sleep um, routine, like at home. And it's something that, I, um, it's a challenge that I have when I'm racing, actually, to have to adapt the sleep patterns to uh, whatever the, the race schedule is because some races start super early, some races start very late, and in stage races, when races finish late, sometimes it's hard to, to fall asleep um, early enough so that you'll feel rested enough in the morning. So there's always some adaptation um, that I find that I, I have to do during the season. But when I'm in a training period, especially in the off-season, I, like um, I like to stick to a pretty strict schedule or, or pretty regular schedule, I guess I should say. And I... For me, um, my best hours to train are in the morning. So I like to go to sleep pretty early and wake up pretty early as well. Not not too early, but um, get my training uh, started not long after I wake up in the morning. And I don't know. I just I feel I feel better. I, I like the structure of the day when I start it earlier and go to bed earlier as well. Just relating back to your current career, what have you been up to recently? Um. So my season ended in the middle of September and I spent most of my season over in Europe. I was racing for an Italian trade team called B pink and I flew back to Canada uh, where I live in Montreal in the middle of September. And I've just been, I've been riding my bike for, for just pure fun, which is kind of cool because it gives myself a, gives me like a little bit of a psychological break. There's no pressure about uh, performance or, or training. I don't have to, hit any specific numbers, no intervals, no specific uh, rides that I need to do. So I'm just riding for the the pure pleasure of it, which is kind of cool. And spent some time on my motorcycle as well and, and made sure to uh, visit as many family members as I can too because I don't have a chance to see them during the, during the season. Just on a personal note, what do you enjoy the most about being a professional athlete? I think that the thing that I enjoy the most about being a professional athlete and like I, there are so many things, but um, it's definitely the opportunity to live so many unique experiences that I, I can learn from and that I'm convinced make me a better and, and more rounded individual. And I know that there are all these experiences and even the difficult ones um, are going to 
are going to pay off for me further down the line as well. So not only now as an, as an athlete, but for me as a, as a person and a member of society um, later on in life too. So I think, I think that's what I, I like the most because you see so many places, you meet so many people. Um, like I said before, too, you're faced with so many obstacles and you just figuring out ways to, to overcome those obstacles. You, you can't help but, but become a, a, a better person and more experienced person and a, a wiser person. Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite things about being a professional athlete. Lex, that's just really cool. Uh, I have to say, this is something I really enjoy when I'm interviewing athletes like yourself, just to hear your thoughts with regards to the enjoyment side of things. And I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to students who want to pursue a career as a professional athlete? That's almost a difficult question for me to answer because I don't think I've ever been in the position where I've um, made like a conscious goal to become a professional athlete. But speaking from my, I guess, unique experience where I feel like it kind of was an opportunity that just ended up presenting itself to me, um, I would say make sure that you don't lose the fun side of, of whatever your sport is. Make sure that you don't lose the passion. Like like what I'm doing right now in the off season, just making sure that I go out and I, I follow my heart on my bike. You know, I'm not, I'm not doing any of my riding right now because I, I want to be a – I want to be super stronger because I know I, I need to be faster because I want to look um, like a better athlete in the eyes of whoever. Um, I just do it because I, I really love it. And I think that's something that that's really important because when you devote your life uh, to a sport, to the extent that you have to, when you're a professional athlete, uh, everything has to revolve around it. You know, there there are maybe some sacrifices. Well, I guess there are some sacrifices. You don't get to see your, your family as much. Um, you don't have a, a regular social life in the eyes of, of people that, that don't do this job, you know, like going to bed early and stuff and, and eating habits are different and training is quite demanding as well. Um, but if you can, if you, if you keep the passion and the love for your sport and you just have fun, None of the other stuff matters. None of the other stuff is is a challenge. Uh, And I think that that's really important. Lex, I can definitely hear your passion through the mic. And out of interest, how can can people interact with you? Uh, You know what? I really like social media. And people can reach me on Facebook, on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. And I have a website as well. Uh, it's, that's a really cool tool for me to be able to communicate with people, meet new people and, and just exchange about my experiences and, and learn about other people's as well. So that's, I really enjoy social media. So people can reach me at, uh, Lex underscore Albrecht on Twitter and, and on Facebook by searching for my page on, on Facebook and, um, also at LexAlbrecht.com on the internet. That is great. To all the listeners out there, all of Lex's social media feeds will be on my website relating to this blog post. Lex, it's been great chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ed. It's been a pleasure for me too. What a really fascinating interview by Lex. The biggest area I learned the most during that interview was Lex's career journey. From the word go, she said, really, Ed, the opportunity came to me, that contract, that chance of being an elite athlete and I find we sometimes think that athletes thrive for that opportunity but really the opportunity comes to them and 
those principles really do relate to life as well. We always want to get somewhere with a goal, but really we've got to enjoy it first, have the passion, have the desire, because when you have that, opportunities will come to you. And that, that's what I learned the most during that interview, which I just got me excited during the process. But just from a sports science perspective, people who are studying sport at any level, not just university, but even at schools, I really do hope you took on board Lex's experience during the physiological side of her sport, the recovery process, because that section I found really fascinating. And I really do hope you can apply that to your essays. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Lex said, make sure you don't lose the fun side in what you do and make sure you don't lose the passion. <laughs>